0: Hello and welcome to Good Things on the Bigger Picture, where we speak to good people doing good things, and I'm Lim Su. And now, for more than a decade, Dr. Chen Pelfnyok has been um, tirelessly working to conserve and preserve our river terrapins, which have been declared as critically endangered, unfortunately. Now, based in Kemaman, tranganu she's co-founded the Turtle Conservation Society of Malaysia, where she and her team work together with the local community um, to help restore the wild populations of turtles, particularly freshwater turtles. So um, ahead of their um, annual terrapin release that's happening in early October, um, she joins me on the show today to, I guess, reflect back on her journey in terrapin conservation, um, what she hopes to see for the future of these beautiful creatures. And we want to find out a bit more, um, to learn a bit more ourselves about um, the importance of terrapins in our ecosystem. Um, Thank you so much for joining me on the show today, Pal.
1: Hey, hello, Suen. Thank you for having me on the show. Um, in a while,
0: <laughs> it has been a while. It has been a while since we've had you on. I think since May last year, which is uh, you know more than a year ago already. Um, I know that your career in internal conservation or just conservation in general wasn't something that you planned on when you when you when you started tertiary education. I guess if if you could take me back down memory lane for a bit, right? How did things sort of fall into place back then? You know that that led to you to that point of you realising that you wanted to study terrapins?
1: Well, you were right. I, I was offered a, a programme to do a marine biology in uh, University Malaysia, Terengganu. And at that time, it wasn't known as University Malaysia, Terengganu yet. That's like two decades ago. Um, and I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to go to school <laughs> because I, I couldn't swim. And uh, I didn't know anything about our marine life. I Mm. didn't know anything about marine biology. And I didn't really do well in biology. (laughs) Yeah, but because we couldn't afford private education, so I just bit my teeth and went. Mm. (laughs) So, well, the rest is history. (laughs) That's a very long (laughs) story, cut very short. Mm -hmm. Um, From from my first semester onwards, I decided that... uh, I have fallen in love with uh, what we were being exposed to the the subjects the lecturers were super nice super friendly our our class was small because uh I guess many people came to the 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 program and then left because mm. they didn't want to do it so we had only 20 students in our small class so that was really intimate and everybody knew everybody else and uh like I said, the, the classes, the subjects were really interesting. It's not something uh, most people would do. Mm. But then I decided to stay on. Yeah, so one thing led to another. And upon graduation... I started working as a research assistant for uh, my former supervisor, who is very well known in her sea turtle conservation efforts, uh, Professor Chan. Mm. And then uh, she took me on her wings. She taught me a lot of things about research, uh, educating the public, uh, going to schools, conducting turtle camps. And then, and then we co-founded Turtle Conservation Society of Malaysia together mm. in '11. So we are... Twelve years old this year. Mm,
0: mm. When you, I guess, first started researching terrapins, how much did you know about them back then?
1: Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I did a program mm. in marine biology, and these terrapins are freshwater. You mm. <laughs> know. I didn't know anything about river terrapins when I started but it was uh, because Prof Chan had also just started the river terrapin conservation project in mm. so we sort of learned together yeah we sort of trying to we, we tried to uh, learn things and you know uh, find out more about freshwater turtles after my graduation in 2004
0: mm. so that means even back then uh, in uh, in that field right not much was known about terrapins no, you're mm. right.
1: Yeah. Well, back then and even until now, mm. after twenty years, uh, still not much is known about terrapins because well, we are the only one organization in the country, uh, working protecting the terrapins uh, alongside the Department of Wildlife and National Parks, mm. which is our part of So we try to do uh one or two research projects every year, but that is still too slow. Mm. Yeah, we need more people doing freshwater turtle research so that we are able to find out more about these turtles in our country.
0: Mm-hmm. So I guess for the benefit of our listeners who may not be familiar with terrapins, right, Um. could you explain what they are, you know, how are they similar or different to maybe the turtles and the tortoises that, that we might be more familiar with?
1: Yeah, definitely, sure. So turtles is a general term that people use to describe uh, uh, an animal with a shell on its back, four legs, reptile, cold-blooded. So we call them all turtles and you're right. So in turtles, we have different types of turtles depending on where they live. For example, we have sea turtles. Mm. Some people call them the marine turtles because they live in the ocean. They have flippers. They cannot retract their heads into their shell. Mm. And, uh, they feed mostly on jellyfishes, uh, seagrasses, seaweeds because that's what you find in the ocean. And then we also have terrestrial tortoises and uh, these are the ones we call our mm-hmm. They have uh, stumpy, scaly legs that look like, I don't know, elephant legs. <laughs> okay, just to give you a little comparison. And they live on land, uh, typically on mountains and on hills. Mm. And then we have the freshwater ones, the largest group of all. Mm. And in the freshwater group, we have the hard shell terrapins, and we have the soft shell turtles, which is your labi mm. labi. <laughs> so our river terrapins are in the, the the hard shell category, together with more commonly known species such as box turtles, the ones you always see in uh, Chinese temples. Mm. Uh, and then we have the labi labi, the soft shell turtles, where they have this almost flattening shell. Slippery, leathery, yeah, and uh, they are carnivorous. They can they can be very aggressive, mm. <laughs> yeah. So we have eighteen species of freshwater turtles and terrestrial tortoises in the country, but uh, at the moment I am not aware of any other conservation organisations, uh, of course, apart from the Department of Wildlife, uh, that are doing anything on the the our freshwater turtles mm. and tortoises.
0: Mm. Which ones of these terrapins um, are the ones that um, Turtle Conservation Society or that you um, specifically focus on? Focus your research on?
1: Um, right now, and in the past two decades, uh, we have been uh, studying and conserving the river terrapins. And then uh, we started working on a new species mm-hmm. called the painted terrapins in the past three years. And then uh, we are about to embark on a new one, a third species, which is the elongated tortoises, and also not very well studied and mm. not much is known about them.
0: Mm. So we don't know much about them because there hasn't been this sort of concerted effort, right? Is that, is that right to, to look into them. So they've just been there, but no one really knows anything about them.
1: Yes, you are right. So we have we know that these are the native species that we have in Malaysia, but unfortunately nobody else is studying them uh, in a long term uh, effort and nobody is uh, making conservation efforts to protect and conserve them
0: hmm. what are the role of these what, what what is the role of these terrapins in our ecosystem Okay, let, let's talk about river terrapins.
1: Mm. River terrapins they play important ecological roles but because we don't live along rivers, so we don't see all these things happening, right? So river terrapins they are very good at seed dispersive. So what that means is that they eat mangrove fruits in mm. the river and when they defecate, these seeds are planted along rivers and these mangrove trees are planted along rivers. So that is very important because we already know the importance of having mangrove trees along rivers and riverbanks mm-hmm. to 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 prevent erosion. So that's one. Number two, they. They are very good at cleaning up our rivers and I don't mean cleaning up plastic bags they feed on dead animal material in the river so that is why in rivers where we can find uh species like the river terrapins you don't sm- the, the, the rivers don't smell they don't stink
2: mm. because
1: they in their juvenile stage of their life they also consume dead animal materials for protein And naturally, the eggs that they lay on the riverbanks provide a source of food and nutrients for other wildlife, such as wild boars, monitor lizards, wild dogs. So we we are all connected. But um, in terms of... um, tourism for example mm. having river terrapins live river terrapins uh, is helpful because it brings in tourists uh, people want to come and uh, look at these turtles they want to hold these terrapins they want to take pictures with terrapins and in the process of introducing these terrapins to tourists to guests we also try to share with them what we know about these species and most guests um, after visiting us and our little center in Kamaman they they leave knowing a lot more about freshwater turtles and then they start helping us spread awareness. Mm. They tell their friends on Facebook, they tell their friends, you know, in real life. So a lot of good things are happening because we have River terrapins. And, well, we have our annual therapy release in uh, Kampung Basigaja in Kemaman. We have people coming from outside of Kemaman. And then we have improved infrastructure because people come to us, right? Mm. So we want to show our guests, you know, the nice side of the kampung. So, and now, and of course, it also gives the local communities a sense of pride because before we started this therapy conservation project, they. I don't know, it's probably not fair to say that they are nobodies, yeah. But um, after we started hosting these annual release events and after our uh, long-term conservation efforts in the, in the kampung, in the community, people started to feel proud mm. of the project. They want to wear our T-shirts everywhere. They keep asking us for T-shirts that have our logos mm. because they want to be associated with us possibly because they finally believed in, in doing good mm. for the community and for the river therapy. And so that is very important.
0: On the show with me today is Dr. Chen Pelf York, freshwater turtle researcher and conservationist. She's also the president of Turtle Conservation Society of Malaysia on this episode of Good Things. We'll continue this discussion after a quick break, so keep it here on BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Good Things on the Bigger Picture with me, Libsu, And on the show with me today is Dr. Chen pelf York President of the Turtle Conservation Society. She's also a freshwater turtle researcher and conservationist. Um, sharing about her journey into turtle con- conservation, how it really began quite unorthodoxly. You know, she didn't really think that she would um, venture into this back when she first started her tertiary education. Now, Pelf, I want to ask you then, when did you realise that terrapins were it for you? you know that this was something that you wanted to do to do with your career um that this was something that you were really passionate about
1: no so <laughs> i don't wake up one day and go, yes focus on the river terrapins today and for the rest of my life no that didn't happen uh it happened gradually mm. and then the the more i study these terrapins the more i find out about them the more i realize that more things Can and should be done, not just for this particular species, Mm. but also for many other critically endangered turtle species in the country. Mm. But like you, I have just one pair of hands, (laughs) right? And 24 hours in a day. So uh, we were trying to work, you know, as fast as we can, as efficiently as possible, because uh, we realized the importance of uh, doing more things, uh, more projects, more uh, conservation efforts, because time is running out, Mm -hmm. not just for us. But also for the river terrapins and other critically endangered
0: ones. Mm. So, then when you co founded the Turtle Conservation Society of Malaysia with um, Prof. Chan back in 2011, right? 12 years ago, like we said, um, you know, that time we didn't have a specific, a dedicated um, freshwater turtle um, organization or agency. Right now, um, as far as we're both aware, you're the only one. What is the aim of setting up? Uh, TCS Malaysia of having this having it sort of solidified into an organization and, and what does that mean in terms of the programs that you've been able to run?
1: I cannot take all the credit for this. Mm. Uh, it truly, it truly was Prof Chan's vision to have TCS be an organization that protects and conserves and recovers the population of critically endangered uh, turtle populations mm. in Malaysia. That that was the the first thing that we did. We decided to set up a a non-profit organization, non-governmental organization that would enable us to carry out research projects, conservation initiatives, uh, awareness programs with school students as well as uh, uh, with the public. So that was how TCS was born. It was actually born out of necessity.
0: Mm. Mm. Um. You know, I know you've been doing all sorts of, TCS uh, has been doing a variety of different research, um, conservation work, you've done educational outreach programs as well. Um, maybe you could give us a bit of a peek into what have been the, the key projects or programs that, that you've been most proud of um, so far?
1: I am proud of and all of them. <laughs> because it, takes, it, it takes so much resources, mm. funds, uh, manpower to complete the research, right? Mm. So they're all Really significant in their own ways. But uh, our most recent research would be this um, collaboration with uh, University of Malaysia Dranganu mm. with Dr. Dalia Siddik. Uh, she is a plant botanist. But we started studying the fungi species mm. that are found in our XC2 hatchery. So, you know, we bring back teraping eggs from the riverbanks. We bring these eggs back to our XC2 hatchery where it's guarded, fence protected. Mm. Uh, Last year, we recorded a very low hatching success. We Mm. were all very shocked to find that only 11% of the eggs we incubated last year hatched. Wow. Yeah, so that was really terrible. And then we, uh, we, we started looking into why this happened. Yeah. But also on the site, we already started working with Dr. Dalia from UMT to find out the, the species, the diversity of fungi that are found in our hatchery. So this, this, is, this is new mm. and uh, it's really interesting to find that just like sea turtles, mm. uh, they, the eggs get infected by a species of uh, fungus on the beach. Yeah, but and that and that happens too on uh, our river terrapin uh, nesting banks mm. as well as in our hatchery because when we bring these eggs back from the hatching uh, from the nesting bank, they there's sand mm. on the egg. Yeah, so we unknowingly also bring back extra stuff from the river bank to our hatchery. Yeah, but more importantly, once we identify these fungus species, we know what to do to mitigate this risk, and this. is what conservation is all about, you know, not just studying, not just uh, conducting research on the species, but also thinking of ways to mitigate risk and and uh, hopefully increase the, uh, the hatching success mm. as well as survival after we release the terrapins into the wild.
0: Mm. It's all about yeah. helping them thrive, right? Right,
1: right. But I have also been doing this long enough <laughs> to acknowledge that in order for us to save a particular species from extinction, we mm. cannot just be working with that species. Mm. We also need to work with people. We also need to work with the local villages. So I can say that one of my uh, other babies, mm. <laughs> apart from TCS, is really this uh, community empowerment initiative, mm-hmm. which we uh, in, a, started right before COVID in early uh, 2019, mm. uh, where we empower, where we got a group of ladies from uh, uh, Kamaman uh, get together and we call them the group Menjahid. Uh, we we provided them with a sewing machine mm. each and classes to learn uh, sewing skills, and these are ladies who are. Uh, producing our turtle batik merchandise right now and at the same time they are also earning an income to uh, be sustainable themselves to to help their families
0: mm-hmm. yeah. i have to admit i've seen some of the stuff um the the, the tcs shop sells i've i haven't sort of indulged in, and, and bought anything yet but every day the temptation you want to buy is there everything. yes <laughs> <laughs> um what is it and, and and it's so it's fascinating to me to see that sort of that branch of your conservation work right because most people wouldn't think most people think okay you focus on the conservation you focus on your projects your outreach maybe you do public programs but this is entrepreneurship um what have what has been the challenges for you in terms of pivoting to that aspect as well
1: um, well again this was also born out um. of necessity because uh, we didn't want to depend and rely on public and corporate uh, donations. Mm. I, I know, I know we are an NGO and most NGOs accept donations. We do too. Mm. But at the same time, I want us to be independent and and then this, of course this idea. It didn't come overnight. Mm. Uh, but what what happened previously was um, I wanted to introduce something, you know, some some handicraft to the ladies. So I started watching YouTube videos on how to make lotion, DIY lotion, and DIY soaps. And then I brought I bought materials. Mm. And then I went to the kampung and I, I did this demonstration and I showed the ladies that you could be doing this mm. right could be making money you know uh, either selling this lotion or these soaps or you could be uh, giving them out at your kanduri kawin, mm. right instead of junk food which we don't consume mm. but then they didn't love the idea <laughs> and then one day one lady asked me she said tak program menjahit. so that was when i realized that the ladies actually wanted to sew mm. because some of them didn't have any prior knowledge Uh, skills on sewing Mm -hmm. and uh, some of them had some of them didn't have a sewing machine some of them didn't have a working sewing (laughs) machine yes that was the our first challenge in securing sewing machines for the ladies and then uh, securing classes for them to learn Mm -hmm. how to do these different uh, techniques sewing techniques and then of course how to market and sell these products these items when the ladies send us the products, we pay them right away. So mm. what that means is that I have many stocks <laughs> at the office and all our interns will need to help market and sell these products. And if you recall, my degree is in marine biology. <laughs> Not, I don't know what sales marketing, but these days I also do product development. Mm. I also do, I don't know a lot of other things yeah, and, and, and they all take time to learn like, mm. for me to learn these skills yeah so I guess the biggest challenge would really be you know to to learn this to get out of my comfort zone which mm. is science to get into uh, learning about product development marketing these I, I, items you know these, these products yeah. How, how do we get more sales? <laughs> yeah. mm. How do we get invited to uh, events, you know, pop up pop our booths, you know, to bazaars to sell our merchandise? Yeah.
0: Mm. What has been the feedback from the ladies that you've worked with? You know, I mean, have they been happy? Have they been proud of what they've been doing?
1: Yes, they most certainly have been uh, really proud. First first of all, really proud that uh, their merchandise are being sold to uh, sold and shipped mm. to many countries. Yeah, they were really quite shocked and surprised. La, that first time, uh, I told them that uh, somebody from France mm. ordered a big bunch, like 500 pieces of our three-ply fabric masks. Wow. Yeah, and, and then onwards, we started selling our merchandise to other countries as well. So right now, we have two zoos in the US that have this section uh, at their gift store dedicated to Malaysian batik.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, so
1: there are two zoos currently selling our merchandise. And then we also have a collaboration with uh, the Germans uh, a, a, a new initiative and they are also selling our merchandise in Germany yeah and our products have been shipped to uh, countries like uh, from, from Singapore to Australia Philippines China yeah so they are very proud but at the same time what is most important is that they, o- they were also be able to make a living mm. right at the time when it was most needed mm. so right 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 uh, right out of COVID that was when the you know, their, their husbands, many of them, their husbands lost a job because they were mechanics, right? Mm. And during the first uh, MCO, n- none of the cars were on the road. Yeah, so uh, many of their husbands got uh, laid off and then they started taking odd jobs, you know, in and around the, the villages, the kampung. Yeah, so this, this came as at a very opportune time when they are able to also make an income, generate an income. And by doing this at home, which means they can still look after the family mm. uh, and the children they can still have time to wash you know and and cook it's very flexible it's very, for them very very flexible working hour but most importantly they are able to help with uh, uh funds you mm. know that they need to sustain their own families so right of, out, right outside of covid we immediately find that, oh, now we have so many mouths to feed. <laughs> These little kids, you know. Mm. And, and and I find that the the ladies, they are appreciative of this um uh, opportunity that they they have. And I think they appreciate it very much. If they don't hear from me for a week, they would ask, you know, our, our staff, Jen okay ke? Kenapa tak dengar dah dari dia? Jen sibuk ke? So I think uh, they, they look forward to... um uh hearing from me because that's when we place more orders from uh, from the ladies.
0: Mm. Yeah. I know you also involve the local communities in 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 other projects in in from the conservation side of things, right? Um, um tell me more about that. I guess was that challenging back when you first started sort of building that rapport with the local communities?
1: Um it was challenging, definitely. I'm not going to say this is a, a walk in the rose garden. Mm. Uh, especially because I was an outsider, and then uh, I found out that the river terrapins were found in the Kamaman River. Mm. So I approached the ketua kampung, and then who introduced me to uh, the local villagers who uh, typically went to the river to catch fish mm. for subsistence. And we're talking about zaman before WhatsApp, mm. right? So we're talking about uh, when we didn't have technology to send location. <laughs> Yes. Right. So yeah. So when the kato, kato kampung says that oh we should meet at this roadside stall right after the tire shop, <laughs> yeah, you need to look for that tire shop. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, but I I guess I was fortunate in a way because the Capital Kampung welcomed me mm. with open arms. Uh, he introduced me to this uh, these other local villagers, and then they immediately agreed to help us protect the Therapeens even though I tell them we were an NGO and that uh, if you join us, you takkan kaya raya like Jepat, you know. But they wanted to do this, mm. right? So when we started, we had about uh, six local villages mm. uh, helping us protect one riverbank, as in collect terrapin eggs from one riverbank. Um, after a decade, we now have uh, 14 local villages helping us protect four riverbanks from poachers.
2: Mm.
1: So I take that as uh, a vote of confidence given by the local villagers who, who well, they have taken their time, <laughs> a lot of time, uh, to see that we did not get into this for our own uh benefits. Mm. Right, then they finally uh, acknowledge that uh, whatever TCS is doing since uh, 2011 has been for the therapies sincerely. And in the process, they may have also enjoyed the fruits of everybody's labour. So they are very gung-ho these mm. days Yeah, in, in wanting to uh, uh, help us do more, especially field work, work that is related to going to the river, mm. Going to the river banks, yeah. So that that has been really, uh, very helpful for me, because I now, I know I'm now managing multiple facets of the organisation, right, and mm. the running of the organisation. So it was nice to have somebody take that off me. <laughs> yeah.
0: Mm. Have you seen what what have been some of the successes, the results that you've seen after working in kamaman all these years?
1: Uh. Well, we don't count our successes, mm. but but uh, I'm really glad to see that uh, uh, we have more therapy guardians mm. protecting our riverbanks. And uh, in a large part, I need to thank my husband for this mm. because uh, I think the local villages open up more easily to men mm. than to women. Mm. Yeah, when they're speaking with me, it's either, yeah, this is fine. Yes, we can do that. You know, and then if they don't take action, why is that, right? Mm. But with my husband, Dylan, uh, they tell him, they actually tell him their challenges. You know, Mm. they actually brainstorm and think of ways to do things. So, I find that 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 was really helpful and that is one success. Mm. As in getting to be really close with the local villagers, you know, until one point where we start attending their wedding ceremonies, you know, chukul, uh, chukul rambut baby, of <laughs> course, funerals, kotong mm. royo, kampung. Yeah, so that that is one. Another would be, of course, in the in terms of the number of eggs that we have been able to collect and a number of hatchlings, mm. there been hatchlings that we have been able to release into the Kemaman River. Because if, if our project did not materialize, mm. did not start uh, 12 years ago, then none of these you know, 4,000 therapies would have been released. right? So 10 years have passed. We are now waiting for another maybe eight, another 10 years for these therapies to mature mm.
2: before
1: they return to lay eggs. Mm.
2: So, it's a long process. Halfway.
1: It's a long process, but we are halfway there. Mm. So that's nice and then like i mentioned earlier the the women the women uh, empowerment initiative i'm actually most proud of these ladies for one thing to do this it was so easy for them to say uh, no i don't have time for this It was so easy for them and I wasn't Mm. going to check on them, right? But they wanted to do this. And each time I went to them with a new idea for a new product, they would uh, diligently work with me on product development. We would buy raw materials, we would test the different types of zippers, the different sizes, you know? So, And in the process, I think we all grow. So that's very important too. (laughs) Mm. So all these this I consider our successes. Mm.
0: What I see as the consumer is the end product but I don't see the weeks the months of developments that go into it, right?
1: <laughs> yes, def- definitely definitely. So the products that you see uh, in our Shopee shop for example, mm. they have all been they have all been through uh, this process where we draw it out on a piece of paper source for materials build the prototype and we actually use these samples ourselves and then i say i tell my interns we must use this because before we start selling our items we must use it and when you use these items always make always ask yourself does this make sense Mm. right our products need to make sense for it to be practical yeah, we don't want to make products just because, you know, we want to add more items into our inventory. Not not that way. You want
0: people to buy and use them.
1: Right. And we want people to say, oh, this is brilliant. Oh, you have a, an extra
0: zip here. Mm. Oh, your skirt has pockets.
1: Yes, our skirts have pockets.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. All right, we'll go for one more quick break and then continue this conversation when we come back on the show with me today is Dr. Chen Pelfniok, President of the Conservation Society. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back on Good Things on BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Good Things on the Bigger Picture with me, Lim Su. And today we're shining the spotlight on Dr. Chen Nyok, President of Turtle Conservation Society of Malaysia. Oh, She's also a freshwater turtle researcher and conservationist. Um, we've been talking a lot, Pelf, about the work that you've been doing, the work that you and your team have been doing through TCS as well. Um, It's been, like you say, almost two decades since you first began. What do you hope to see when it comes to terrapin conservation in the next 10 years you know where do you hope will be then
1: uh, many terrapins come back to lace in mm. <laughs> the nesting season uh that will be my biggest hope because uh, we have put in so much time uh, resources funds into securing the terrapin eggs and uh, so much effort into ensuring the eggs hatch mm. Then another, again, so much effort in head-starting them, giving them a head-start in life. Of course, we want them to survive in the river. And of course, like like all parents, we want the kids to grow up, right? To mature and uh, eventually come back to lay eggs. So that that would be the biggest hope. But also at the same time, I hope that in the next decade, we will be able to um, have the opportunity to study, uh, protect, and conserve more freshwater turtle species. We hope that, uh, I hope that uh, more young people, mm. young uh, students like undergraduates today who will see the importance of uh, helping preserve our natural resources. But I'm also demonstrating to them that yes, you don't get rich quick in the conservation organization, but it is meaningful work. And uh, we're also trying to show that we have a good quality of life too. Mm. To, to, to be doing this, you know, we don't want this to be only for the privileged people. Ah, you know, your parents don't need this money so you can stay in conservation. No, I did not come from a privileged background, but we want to show that it works. Mm.
0: Mm. It's, uh, you want to show that it's a feasible career path, right? It's not about doing charity, it's about making this work as a job.
1: Yes, correct.
0: You mm. are right. Mm. What a, if, if I could ask you a bit about the, the, the research and the conservation side of things, what are the challenges that you're still facing today when it comes to continuing to, to push for these efforts, right? To make sure that there's funds, there's resources, there's passion, there's interest into preserving freshwater turtles.
1: Right. Right. Um so we have been doing this for a while mm. even way before tcs was uh, established as an organization uh, my former supervisor professor chan and i we have been doing this for a long time almost 20 years mm. so we have gone from um, needing funding we still need funding <laughs> i'm not joking but we have we we, are, we get better mm-hmm. at securing funds which means to say we may not get the funds we needed 20 years ago, but these days uh, we are able to uh, secure the funds that we need for research projects. Uh, But unfortunately, some grants or, or some benefactors They they specify in the grant agreement that the funds cannot be used to hire manpower.
2: Mm. So right now,
1: we are at the stage where our operations are expanding. We are able to secure funds. We have uh, the trust from the public and corporate companies who want to make donations to us or uh, co-host a CSR project or a program with us. But we find that most times our hands are tied because we cannot hire more staff.
2: Mm.
1: But to me that doesn't make sense because for an organization to grow and expand we need to have more manpower right How do
0: you run programs without people
1: Yeah so so I think we are slicing ourselves too thinly mm. to do so right now at this at this moment we're talking on this show uh, it's just uh, Amina and myself right mm. two of us so we are doing the research uh, projects we are ensuring the conservation runs uh, luckily we have Dylan and then we have uh, we go to school Amina goes to school and talk to kids about uh, turtles and terrapins and conservation and alarms guitar. Mm. And then we also have this community empowerment program on the side, right? Which is important because our sale of merchandise constitutes 33% of our annual uh, revenue. Mm. That's very important. Yeah, but uh, I I hope that more uh, benefactors would consider um, allowing allowing beneficiaries to use the funds that we apply for uh, to hire manpower. And that is where we build capacity to. Yeah, continuous fundings in not just running projects, but also in building the capacity of especially uh, undergraduates, uh, even postgraduate students. Yeah, we want them to not just excel on paper and get your multiple degrees, but we also want them to be able to to uh do these projects, conduct, run these projects, execute these projects hands on. But in order for them to do this, we need to have to pay we need to pay them a stipend Mm. we cannot expect anybody to work for free yeah so I guess right now our biggest challenge is to secure funding that would allow us to hire uh, manpower to expand our operations
0: Mm. all right um that's it though for people who are listening if they're interested in starting a career in conservation um what would you what would be your message to them
1: um I would say no matter your age uh, volunteer mm. volunteer for uh, if you're into conservation of course volunteer with a conservation a conservation organization doesn't matter which one because mm. it is only by volunteering your time and your services you get a better idea of how you can be useful I'm not saying everybody should quit their day jobs now and get into conservation that doesn't make sense mm. but uh, if you are able to contribute your designing skills right uh, you can do that at home if you want to after working hours You know, help an organization uh, develop their marketing campaigns, for example, Uh, design their event posters, for example. Mm. We definitely need help. If you are a photographer by day and uh, you want to contribute your expertise, your skills, right? Approach these conservation organizations, offer your skills as a photographer because most times we are doing the work. Mm. We don't have nice pictures of ourselves <laughs> doing the work. And then we don't have evidence of ourselves doing the work. Yeah. So we always appreciate having photographers, uh, videographers who uh, offer their time and their skills uh, in 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 their capacity to to help us. So yes,
0: mm. volunteer. Mm. I think for a lot of us and I say this for myself included, right? We we sort of have this stereotype that oh you want to volunteer in conservation, you want to help out means you're doing field work. But actually there's so much more that you could do depending on your expertise, depending on your ability.
1: Yes, definitely. For example, we are running DCS as, as an organization, but if you remember, my degree <laughs> it's is in marine, marine biology. biology, right? My basic degree is in marine biology, but I, I'm i also taking care of the accounts. But that, the reason I did science was because I couldn't do accountancy <laughs> in school. So yes, we need, we need people from all sorts of backgrounds, from accountancy to zoology, right, and everything in between. Mm. To, to reach out to us and to tell us, well, well it, it can be as simple as I am happy to volunteer an hour of mm. my day every day for this coming month. That's it. Mm. Yeah, No strings attached, right? But I, I bet you most conservation organizations will appreciate that kind of help given to them.
0: Mm, yeah, all right. Um, and for us regular folk, you know, how can we support the work that TCS is doing if people are interested to come and check out um, your, your site? Can people do that?
1: Yes, definitely. We have a website. Uh, it's under, well, we are revamping it, but it's still there up on the internet. It's on www.turtleconservationsociety.org.my. We are also on Facebook. Mm. Uh, we are also on Twitter. Uh, x <laughs> we are also on instagram and uh yeah you can find us on social media mm-hmm. but uh, apart from that we also have a Shopee store so if you would just like to take a look at uh, the purchase uh, the merchandise that we, we that we have the ladies make uh, you can go to turtle tales by tcs tales as in stories not Echo Tales. Mm, yes. <laughs> tales, tales, tales by DCS. And um, if you are in a position in your uh, company where you make decisions about corporate gifts, we are happy to chat with you to develop gifts that um, are in line with your, your company or your team or your event that you're organizing. And uh, the ladies would definitely be happy to fulfill these orders.
0: Mm. So I know your Terrapin release day, um, which happens annually on, on the first Saturday of every October, is coming up. You know, this is great timing to talk to you about this. Um, tell me more about that. And, and hopefully, you know, um, for people who are listening, who want to head up to Kemaman, what, can, um, what what will be happening on that day?
1: Yes, yes, you're right. So we are hosting our annual therapy release. Uh, we have it every first Saturday in October. So we always have a date, you know. Uh, and this year, it's happening on Saturday, 7th of October. So we have lined up many activities and events for the whole day from 9am to 1am we will have sukan rakyat we have multiple games we have uh, exhibitions by other turtle conservation organizations and then we also have lucky draws and uh, we also have this workshop on uh, decorating your own uh, jewelry box yeah, so we have a lot of activities, but uh, the program uh, proper starts at 3 o'clock. Mm. We will begin with a few speeches and then we will all proceed to the riverbank to release serapins. So if you're listening to this and uh, you have not been to Kamaman or have not been to Trangano uh, please, please come join us. Uh, you can find more information on our social media. But uh, if you take the highway from Gomba, assuming you're from KL, uh, you exit at exit 841 Chukai. Our project site is only one kilometer from that exit so mm. just take a detour and uh, we're happy to see you and when you come to the event please uh, come say hi <laughs> yeah we look forward to
0: seeing you mm. i mean that's one that's another way that you can support um the the work that tcs is doing and really just educate ourselves more about these wonderful creatures that we have here in the country. Um, I'm going to round up with, I guess, a very big picture question, Pelf. Are you hopeful that things are moving in the right direction for your River Terrapins?
1: Definitely. Definitely. Compared to what what was the scene Mm. uh, two decades ago... Mm. These days, we have so many student groups uh, in universities. So I thank the lecturers in these multiple universities uh, that encourage their their students to reach out to conservation organizations. So we have student groups, student bodies like this, who are helping to raise awareness. So I'm very hopeful and I'm pretty confident that uh, in the next 10, 20 years, uh, our turtles will be at a better place.
0: Mm. All right, thank you so much for joining me on the show today, Pelf.
1: Thank you, Su Ann, for this opportunity.
0: I've been speaking to Dr. Chen Pelf nyok president of Turtle Conservation Society of Malaysia, and also a freshwater turtle researcher and conservationist, um, among many other hats that she wears in her job. If you missed any part of today's show or any previous Good Things episodes, you can download our podcast on bfm.my or on the BFM app. I'm Lim Suen and this has been Good Things BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.